Good day, you're listening to Free City Radio. This is the 195th edition of the program. Thank you for being with us. On the program this week, I will be joined by multidisciplinary visual artist Joan Baz, who is also a graphic designer and educator based between Beirut and Marseille. Her work visits a lot of topics. I first encountered Joan's work in the context of an exhibition that was entitled I Went Looking for Palestine and Found. And it was uh, based on a trip that she'd taken with her father from Beirut down to the south of Lebanon. She has continued to work on many projects that really encounter collective experiences um, in Lebanon in relation to the protest movement there in recent years, but also, of course, in relation to the ongoing effects and impacts of Israeli colonial military attacks on South Lebanon, bombings like the ones that are happening right now. Uh, So we discussed this and we talked about her practice. It's a really, uh, I think, important conversation to share in the context of what is happening right now. Um, And it also illustrates clearly this, this bond of solidarity between artists in Lebanon and those in Palestine. Um, So here's my uh, discussion with Joan for Free City Radio. I think that at this moment, there's a lot of artistic responses to the Israeli military's attack on Gaza, and they're coming from all over the world. There's a lot of artists in Lebanon that have been drawing and creating work to speak about Palestine for generations. Um, And, you know, your work, Joan, has addressed Palestine, but also your country, Lebanon's uh, consistent, um, the consistent danger that Lebanon also faces from this structural violence of the Israeli colonial project. Maybe you can just introduce yourself and share a bit about your work in this current context. So my name is uh, Joanne Baz, and uh, I'm a uh, visual artist, graphic designer, illustrator, animator. Uh, My work uh, is um, like often often deals with uh, with uh, topics uh, like such as um, migration, sound, memory, uh, uh, and um, I would say space as well, and how we uh, like navigate through all of these uh, in our lives and um, and within the political landscape because there is always a political landscape <laughs> given where the context of where we're from. And I think now more than ever, um, I mean, I think being from Lebanon is never and being from that geographical area um, is, is, is always a, a, um, a struggle, a battle, and is never non- non-political, you know, and it's always comes with a heaviness and a, a heaviness to share and, 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 uh, and a context to create, basically, at least for me. Um, I say that now because, um, yeah, because I, I feel like my work has always felt the need to, 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 to create, to say, to say something. And that definitely is because of where I come from. I mean, we do have a lot of uh, um, narratives and things that were not said and that we're processing along the way as well. I think there's a lot of process that comes with this uh, place. 
and uh, and how I process something today is completely different than how I processed it uh, a while back because the political landscape changes so much, yet it's still the same in a weird way. <laughs> but it changes, but it's still rigid. And it's the fact that it doesn't move that makes it what it is now as well. I mean, I think it's it's contradictory in a way, but it is it is what it is, I guess. So when you talk about this, these like static um, challenges, these static points that remain for Lebanon uh, and how that affects your art, maybe just explain for some listeners who might be hearing this who are not as aware. You know, we, we at least, you know, internationally, there's this per- presentation. Oh, there's the country Lebanon. There's the country Syria. There's Palestine. And, you know, it's not seen as fluid or presented as fluid in a way. But obviously it is fluid as we're seeing on the border right now. So maybe just talk a bit more about what that means for you as an artist, that fluid nature of the relation, you know, with Palestine or with Syria and how that affects you and why it's also important for people internationally to understand how, um, you know, that's just part of the cultural geography of, you know, artists working in the context that you, that you're coming from. I think, before we even enter the, the the politics of it all, let's talk about the geography. I mean, we are one people, right? You're talking about how we were divided. We were one country and we were divided in the first place. So when we talk about Palestine or Syria, I mean, we're all one, right? And now we're just... One is Syrian, one is Palestinian, one is Lebanese, but we are one culturally. We are one language, linguistically. Uh, we are one people, like we have really the same habits, the same traditions. And and that's the, the biggest starting point, right? And the fact that we were divided and, and got to, um, by, by, by Sykes-Picot after, and, and, and I mean, that's, that's when it all started happening in the first place, right? And, and maybe because we were divided that now, uh, uh, that Palestine got its, got its, um, got this bleak future for her rather than all of us. Maybe if we were still one united country, uh, we would probably not have gotten there in the first place. I mean, that's that's really to go way back. But but that's that's just one way how we're connected without even talking about the politics of it all. And then Lebanon, of course, is a is completely I mean, the fact that that uh, it's also related that the fact that we're on the borders with uh, with uh, Palestine and, and Israel and the fact that our resistance, our armed resistance, Hezbollah, is, uh, uh, has been created to resist the big, uh, the Zionist uh, uh, state is, is, is in, in, intricately, like, makes us in a, uh, forever bound to, to this... Uh, I don't want to call it conflict anymore because <laughs> I think conflict uh, completely diminishes what it is. But this this entire devastating scenario, I think that we've been um, plagued with, right? And um, so we are linked. We are um, like it doesn't mean that like things that are happening in Gaza now feels like they are happening at home, and it and it and it touches us on so many levels because. Um, We've lived this, so it's within us. It's in our DNA. It's triggering as it's triggering as because it triggers every every one of us in Lebanon has lived 
uh, an explosion, a sound of a bomb, a sound of an air, Israeli air jet, um, has lost someone. Like I, I, we've 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 seen and lived all these scenarios. Everyone, every person. So when this happens, it triggers your DNA's. It's it's trauma all over again. And it opens up so many wounds that, that that have never been closed really, but have not been properly processed, right? So yeah, when we see this, it affects us, and it it gets to our it gets to us it gets to our core. So no, it's not about it hasn't entered Lebanon. It has. It's entered our our bloodstream, you know, and and we're just waiting for it to to spill uh, closer. But it's there, you know, and it's. Uh, and it has entered and and it and 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 yeah and and us more than ever i think the lebanese people that's something that's another subject that i'm opening but we we never take things for like for what they are we never read the news as everyone has read them maybe because we were just we've been through so much politically that uh, that we don't read the news like that i mean we're conspiracy theorists by by nature we always, <laughs> we're always gonna go like, ah, oh, this is what he says. Ah, oh, that means he's saying that, you know. And I think it's funny because uh, as well, since I now I live in Marseille and and it's been not not from not not so recent. Uh, I mean, recently, uh, not so long ago, I moved to Marseille and and I realize how much there's a dissonance between how people read the news here versus how I us as Lebanese read the news. And it's really always, and I and I take it for granted that people do that, like me, do this exercise of of not taking for granted what what the news is telling you, and always reading the geopolitical backstory, uh, knowing that there is something behind it. But it's not. I mean, I think we are not. It's they, it's not true. I mean, it's in my head. I don't not everyone, especially not in France, they don't all have the same reading, as as we do. Uh, of of the news and and of of um, mainstream media, of course, but just news in in general. As an artist, you have tried to find ways to tell this story, to express these feelings in your work. It's very compli- complicated. It's not the right word, but it's painful and also beautiful in some ways. You know, like the people's capacity to stand up against incredible odds and incredible violence. Um, So I first encountered your work when you did that project, um, Looking for Palestine, something like this, you can please correct me. I went looking for Palestine and it was just beautiful. And you've, you know, done many, many projects since then. So maybe if you could share a bit about your practice as an artist and why also it's important for for um, you know for artists to be addressing these issues. You know, not not just telling the story from the West, but artists you know in Palestine, in Lebanon, in Syria, to tell these stories also. Just about this project, in a lot of ways, you know, it's really um, meaningful to hear about all these details because when the when the media attention goes away, you know these stories remain in people's bodies and people's memories and continues to shape people's experience and i think that also we can see a connection here between lebanon's recent history and what's happening now in palestine if you have any thoughts about that in terms of my work i i have um, 
created uh, since then a number of, of um, maybe body of work, I would say, that more or less, um, I think would now, as I speak to you, I would mm, assume they deal with me processing things that I, I have lived or experienced in, in Lebanon as a Lebanese person. Through different, uh, through different ways and through different topics, I would assume. But in general, I would say it's always this me trying to process um, through, through my work. And, and it's always using different mediums. And I would say my, my mediums are always within um, like I would publication, uh, printmaking, uh, um, video animation. Uh, these are the, wor the works I use and I always like to use audio and sound as a research material. So I would always go through um, recording, field recordings or sound recordings, interviews as a means to kind of like lay out my research. I, I like the anthropological side of research, uh, even though the, the work is just not at all uh, like academic, it would, it would always go through that, uh, re that process. So uh, I, since then, I have created like um, a work that um, that deals with, um, for example, space and how we remember uh, our spaces that we lived in, uh, in terms of like uh, not necessarily my like immigration, but migration, like people who have had to move houses, whether in the cities or or countries or whatnot, and it was using building blocks. So I would ask people to uh, to. Uh, uh, using like these child building blocks, the, the regular wooden ones, to reconstruct their uh, a house or a room uh, they've lived in before. And then we would talk about it. And um, and it would it's amazing. Like the results were really amazing because it's a very ch child friend. It's, it's really, it really takes you back to childhood. And, and, and it was always the same. Like people would instantly know what to do with these blocks as if their, their, their inner child was doing the work. And the, the things they would end up doing was like, it was just 10 or ten or, or, or maximum 15. So it wasn't like a huge uh, maquette, but with very little blocks, like they would take you back to, for example, a kitchen and like one a square would be the fridge. And every time he opens the fridge, then the sniper in Syria would, you know, and then you go into these layers of stories of everyone that's very heavy. But what you're looking at is just a very, <laughs> <laughs> a childish maquette uh, of of uh, of a place, and then the story behind it would take you to either yeah this guy in Syria who who had to stay with during the war and then went to Beirut or 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 just someone in Beirut that went to the mountains or uh, my mom who was remembering her old house in Saida that is no longer because obviously from the the, the civil war uh, and. Uh, Obviously, they're all related to to extreme conditions of migration or extreme conditions of exile, but that wasn't the purpose of it. But the nature of, again, this brings us to the introduction of, of our conversation, is the nature of our place is that whoever you're going to talk to, they have in Lebanon and Syria and this region, will have their, in their stories uh, uh, a sad story to tell, I would say. And, and even though that's not implicitly what I'm trying to look for, it will come out in a way or another. So that was one project that I did. And then the result was um, uh, an audiovisual piece that, uh, that I, I ex explored and hopefully maybe a publication that I will publish eventually with, uh, when I gather some more. 
And then there another project was called uh, as well Public Hearing Two. It was from the same series, and it was about uh, about uh, the car uh, car bombs in Lebanon, but how we remember them. There, so it's a it's basically a series of me interviewing a lot of people, asking them to remember an incident of a car bomb during from yeah, not joyful. Not joyful at all, but how? But how people were remembering them, given that they became part of our mundane and from from our daily life. Like it was, especially from I would say during the years 2012, so start of the Syrian war to 2000, I would say 18. There was a, a series of car bombs during a time where Lebanon was surprisingly doing good. Do I say good under under quotation because it was never the country was never doing good. But if you see a lot of people did come back during that time, 2012, 2018, I, I was one of them. I did my studies. And when I came back in 2012, it was the start of the Syrian war. But in Lebanon, it was in a way, in a very weird way, was booming, like booming in a sense. A lot of startups were opening, a lot of collectives. I started the collective Wada. Uh, and we had a, a house in the middle of Beirut. We were doing screenings and a lot like mansion as a, a space in Beirut that opened like it was booming in a sense where people were coming. They felt like they needed to do things. And they were the good years, <laughs> but they weren't really good years because during that time, the, uh, as I as I documented in this project, I think there were about Uh, I, I need to go back to the documents, but there were about 42 maybe recorded car bombs. Can you imagine during that time? Not counting, of course, um, 2000, uh, uh, the, the famous 2005 Rafi al-Hariri. Of course, that was that was big and then all the series. But I mean, from 2012, 2018, um, they were they were quite um Uh, pivotal times for 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 that uh, that kind of like terror uh, terror using car bombs, and and but we were going about our lives, doing our things, uh, doing doing our cultural work and all that, and 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 this was just a side event, and we were navigating within this landscape, just just navigating through it, within it, by beside it. <laughs> I don't remember even how because it was just just a normal way of living, knowing that every once in a while we're going to get these scares of, of uh, car bombs. So so that that came also uh, as a need for me to process how we process this this time. So it wasn't really about the car bomb itself. It was me asking them, do you remember an incident? When was that? How was it? Can you imagine what the car was like, uh, if that, that car bomb? And that question came because during that time, We uh, we would um, when we when they would say ah oh, there's a there's a car bomb watch out uh, while driving we would always imagine which car is the bomb the bombed one <laughs> so it was we were doing the investigate we were playing the investigator as well and and, and that time for example uh, Kias were very uh, uh, the Kia car uh, was a was a very famous car to be to be taken and 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 uh, and bomb um, what do you say. When you say you bomb, you put a bomb inside. So basically, it was very common for them at that point because there were a lot of people that had Kias, and uh, and apparently it was something that they would use a lot. 
so when we would walk next to IKEA, we would be really like scared because uh, IKEA would, could potentially be a car bomb. So it was an exercise for me to, to tell people, can you remember when was that incident? Where were you? And what, what do you think the car was that was bombed? And then I would fact check it. And when I fact checked what they would say, it was completely off, like off the grid, you know, like one person thought that uh, was said, talked to me about Hariri's bomb and, and he said it was in 2008 or nine and when it actually happened in five. And then he would say it happened there. So so people, when they remembered these incidents, they completely remembered them um, uh, 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 within different contexts and they even mix-matched incidents and they had one that happened in Roche but on a different year so and that that said a lot that said a lot about how this incident actually became such a normal uh, part of our DNA once again and how it, it's something like when I say car bomb to anyone any um, uh, like a white person living in, in, in uh, I don't know in the Europe it, it would mark them and they would really remember the date where us, we would just uh, maybe confuse dates or even have them completely off. I would, uh, we would have interesting investigations on which and speculations about what kind of car was bombed. And we would have perfect explanations to why this was, <laughs> this was uh, our, our, our uh, guess, basically. So it's all, of, it's all of these, basically, conversations that I recorded with people and then did an installation with, uh, with silk screen prints of uh, of uh, of the cars with the dates and then and I had an infographic uh, fact checking basically um, what uh, the so the infographic on the ground was the actual uh, story of the, the real history and them uh, what they said was and then you by looking at what was on the floor and what what was on the what was hung you could see the dissonance of their memory versus the the real facts. That was a conversation with artist Joan Baz, uh, who is based between Marseille, France, and Beirut, Lebanon. You can find more information about her work at joanbaz.me. That's J-O-A-N-B-A-Z.me. I'd encourage you to look up her work. Thank you for listening to Free City Radio. We air weekly on CKUT 90.3 FM at 11 a.m. on Wednesdays on CJLO 1690 a.m. also in Geogiage, Montreal on Tuesdays at 1 p.m. on CKUW 95.9 FM in Winnipeg at 10.30 p.m. on Tuesdays on CFRC 101.9 FM in Kingston, Ontario at 11.30 a.m. on Wednesdays on CFUV 101.9 FM in in Victoria, BC, on Wednesdays at 9 a.m. and Saturdays at 7 p.m. On Met Radio, 1280 a.m. in Toronto at 5.30 a.m. on Fridays. And now on CKCU, 93.1 FM in Ottawa on Tuesdays at 2 p.m. You can find our archives at soundcloud.com slash freecityradio. We also are a podcast. Look us up on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening, and we will speak to you next week. Take care.